There's a hot dog filter on Snapchat. Uh, there was at one point. I'll find yeah. something. Exciting. So without further ado, please welcome our guest this week, Shaija Medina of Our Story Edutainment and The Village. Shaija, thank you so very much for joining us tonight. Word. Peace, everybody. Thank you. I'm feeling like, how am I going to follow up that that break interlude? That was definitely something. I, but. I feel you. <laughs> I have a lot of fun making them, and I really enjoy going and collecting the footage during the week. And I like yes. making it like the weirdest possible. It's just the most <laughs> odd collection of things. I literally don't really know. want commercials. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> I never know what it's going to be. Like, Travis is still text me, be like, yo, do you have any videos? And I'll send him, like, whatever I I always delete the ones that I post so I have to like see which ones are left I send that and I'm like those might make it and then it's a journey for me as well along with everybody else to just see uh, what's this gonna be you know mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to see what made the cut <laughs> yeah right word so like I said Shaisha Medina is with the director of the village program assistant for our story edutainment mm-hmm. um I've been super excited to have this conversation here on Seltzer Time because I, like I said before we started, I am impressed by your work. I am just, I admire what you do for our city. You are helping in a way that I can only aspire to. And I'm 10 years older than you. So it's like, I have some catching up to do because you are young and at it and I I love it. So I was super excited for us to have your voice on our show and for just to share the good work that you're doing. Thank you. It's like you just aged yourself right there in front of everyone. Yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm four years away from 40 under 40. We're going to cover that in the last half of the show. Got it. But for those who don't know, what can they find at 4 King Street? Yeah, so the village is an Afrocentric cultural learning and healing center. And 4 King Street used to be the Stone Soup Artist Activist Collective and Community Resource Center, which is a really long name for what was just commonly called stone soup. Um, So stone soup fell on some difficult times in the middle of COVID and gentrification and some internal kind of stuff. And unfortunately was getting ready to lose their building. Um, And after many, many, many months, we put a lot of work in and the building is staying a community building. Um, And there's all kinds of different programming going on right now. We're doing some community yoga. That's actually led by my brother born who may sound partial, but, um, I was recently doing some research around the number of Black men, specifically men, period, but Black men who are instructing yoga classes, and it's very few and far between. Um, So it's a really big deal to have, um, you know, people of color, but especially Black men feeling like that's something that they can do. Um, And that happens often at the village. We have consistent classes and pop-up classes and all kinds of good stuff. Um, We have a fish fry happening, which is a lot of fun every Friday night at the village. Um, there's really all kinds of programming, but the bottom line is that anytime you come to the village, you're being met with love. It's a safe, safe, safe space. We work really hard to make sure it's a really safe space for everyone. Um, and you're gonna be learning about black history and culture and hearing stories and experiences and celebrating the richness of um, black folks in, in our community. So it's what we strive to do. <laughs> And you're doing it well as somebody that has had the pleasure of walking through your doors. Uh, yes. <laughs> when we went there for one of your open markets, it was, it was just, 
you feel good. It has a vibe just stepping over the threshold. It really just like hits you at your core. Like this is a space where love is like just thriving. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's awesome and yes. it's enriching and it's empowering. And and you took me on a tour. You took both mm-hmm. me and Secret Lady Friend on a tour. Um, there's so like you, it, I know it's difficult to name everything that's in that building, but yeah. there's even like organizations upstairs there that are, are using this place. There are definitely. We have a number of organizations and some have physical office space so they can come and go as they please. And some just use the, like they just rent out like our big community room or our backyard space or other spaces. Um, so Worcester Earnabike is one organization that was with Stone Soup and decided to stay through this transition. Um, so Worcester Earnabike has our entire basement and operates out of, you know, the basement and backyard. Um, Worcester Roots is upstairs. The Northeast Organic Farming Association is also upstairs sharing a space with Worcester Roots. Together We Eat, which is a hydroponic farming organization, is in the building. Um, Recently, What's Up Worcester, Jerry Fillmore just got an office space in our building, and Manny J Media is also at the Village. Um, And again, there's number of different things that like one or two more office spaces left if somebody feels like at the end of this podcast the village could be a home for them and they can always come by for king street um and again our backyard and office um community spaces rather are always welcome for pop-up events or like a four session workshop or anything you know as long as it works, of, works for us <laughs> all of that happens in one building Yes. Yeah. We have Dude. like a four story and we also have a three bedroom apartment on the tippity top of our building wow. as well, which is kind of cool too. So that's incredible. It's really dope. It's, it's, it sounds like it's a giant facility. It's not. I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a triple decker. It's your honest yes. to goodness tr- Worcester triple decker and they just yes. use it so well. Mm-hmm. And it's very communal. Like she keeps alluding to yes. Sorry, my dog is being a no. My cat is right there too. <laughs> okay, I have to lock my cats out because they'll walk oh. this, like right over the screen. So I feel you. Got it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's exciting that this kind of building and this kind of organization exists, and it's yeah. serving a people that is a being underserved. And we need more organizations like this, and we need to be contributing and donating and like helping these people do more work because mm-hmm. it's. I can't get excited enough. I get so excited to hear about all these things. Yes. Um, you mentioned donating, Travis. So is everything kind of donation-based? Is that how you like keep everything running? Um, we've been, so again, my me and my mom have been in the community for a number of years through Our Story Edutainment. And Our Story Edutainment specifically focuses on like teaching Black history and culture through the fusion of art and education. So we're not just talking at you, but we're trying to incorporate vendors and dancers and poets and music and whatever we can do to learn about Black history. So we're not new to the community. We've done a Bob Marley birthday bash for almost 20 years in the city. We used to make noise at the Worcester Public Library every single year. It was really, really dope. Um, So we've been in community with folks for a number of years, but after the murders of George Floyd um, and Breonna Taylor and, you know, countless too many folks, um, we acquired a building because we've we've never had a home base. We've been operating this mission out of our home. Um, and so we've just been, you know, welcomed into community spaces like the library and the youth center and so on and so forth, but we haven't had a building. Um, and so we started dibble dabbling with grant writing back in 2020. Nice. I have no formal training, but I'm kind of good. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, but the grant supplement, you know, what what isn't met by community donations, whether it's monetary, talents and and volunteering or 
toilet paper, which sounds kind of crazy, but paper towels and toilet paper are like <laughs> Why really, really a whole list. There is a there we look at that. Oh, that's, that's cool. Crazy. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so we do have a whole list of things um, that you can find on the screen and um, you know on our Facebook and Instagram, so on and so forth. Um, but mainly, it's been community donations and love and support of folks who understand the vision and want to make sure it's it's happening in our in our city. That's cool. You mentioned the uh, the fish fry. So, is that a it's a weekly thing? It Fridays? is a weekly thing. So okay. I can't claim the fish fry. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm there every time. <laughs> um, we have two gentlemen who are from different Caribbean islands um, named Alva and Andrew who came to us and said, we just want to have a fish fry and have something nice for the community during the summer. Um, so they like island style with their big steel cast iron pots are in our backyard um, and they cook three types of fish, jerk chicken. I don't, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't, mm engage with that but they still have stuff for me they have ital stew which is like yams and potatoes and beans and all kinds of fresh natural juices i think they had pineapple ginger and like a fruit punch type of thing that he like handmade the other day um there's all kinds of stuff there's a lot of really good food and i think the that most expensive incredible. plate is probably like 15 dollars, if That's that so awesome and then yeah. so is the fish fry do they use those as a way to like raise money for the building or is that just a separate like that's like their thing um, they they want to make sure that the building has the right, like some traffic coming through so people know about what's going on and they do, you know, want to support the efforts that we have going on. So it's a mutual, cool, loving relationship in that way. Definitely. That's so awesome. I'm definitely yeah. going to roll through. And I'm really happy to hear that there's a lot of vegetarian options because my fiance is a vegetarian. So she'll be very excited. I was going to say there is. And I, I have some little plant-based fish, whatever, whatever, like little fake fish in the freezer. So I don't feel nice. left out if I have to break it out. <laughs> So if she comes through, I got her. <laughs> That's awesome. She does eat fish. That's the only. Well, there she's, we she's a pescatarian, technically. <laughs> gotcha. But even that's like pretty few and far between. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's good stuff. So you touched on a lot of things all at once. And I, I want to dig into everything. But um, let's start with our story, if that's cool with you. Yeah. I was watching some of the uh, the videos you were putting out, the the online presentations, mm -hmm. which, which are super <laughs> You described it well. It was both entertaining as well as informative. And yeah. that's what kind of like the thing I got the most from it. Mm -hmm. But there's some things that happen before you start anything that I really, yeah. that like made me pause and reflect and really think about what I was about to watch. Mm -hmm. You pause and recognize that we are on indigenous land. And I, mm -hmm. is that something you do before every presentation? We do that before. And again, we've like COVID is why we've been so, you know, virtual and we're still trying to balance the two. Um, but we had a poetry night, open up acknowledging land and the fact that we've, you know, the village is the village. It's mad dope. It's been a number of things. That building has been a number of things, but at its inception, it was indigenous land. So we always have to honor and make space for that. Definitely. Yeah. That's that. cool. That's, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. It's things we need to think about that we yeah. gloss over, especially people that look more like us. We gloss over it and we're so easy to kick it underneath. So fuck that. Mm -hmm. We need to be yeah. acknowledging it. Definitely. And then you also start with drums. Is mm -hmm. that every presentation you start with drums? Every presentation we start with drums. And again, the reason is um, drum in many, and did you look at my cat messing with my hat? <laughs> <laughs> His name is Ananta and he's named Endless One. So he don't ever stop. Ananta <laughs> means Endless One. And my brother named him that and then like left him with me. 
It's all good. Nice. <laughs> nice. So the drum, again, in many indigenous communities, and when we say the word indigenous, we often think of, think of native folks in the continental US, but African folks are indigenous first, uh, indigenous folks, and Asian folks are also indigenous to that land. So I say indigenous cultures, meaning many different folks, but particularly in West Africa, the drum is not just an instrument, it's a living entity. And you use it in a way um, to communicate with ancestors, to communicate with other people, to communicate with your gods and goddesses and deities. So the drum was a deeply, deeply, deeply important entity in many, many, many African and South American across the board cultures. Um, and when colonial when European folks showed up in Africa, one of the first things that they did was outlaw the use of the drum. Um, because they understood how empowering it was for African people. So the drum and, you know, Black folks have been a little disconnected, though we're still connected, as you see steel drummers in New York. That's a, you know, modern day, you know, manifestation of that ancient tradition. Um, but in order to honor where we have come from, we choose to open with the drums at all point in time so we can bring that bring that back to our our forefront of our minds and make it a normal thing as it was normal way back when, so. Yeah, that was the thing that I never thought about where the drum came from and I haven't really just considered it. I love drums. I've always loved rhythmic mm -hmm. sounds. Yeah. Uh, the video that I watched today, you showed a street drummer in New York City. Yes. And I like how you 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 paused and you said something like, to command that much attention in a, in a subway space where there's mm -hmm. people just flying by you, it just shows the power of the instrument and how well this young man played it. Like, mm -hmm. he beat the crap out of those things. They'll be going but, off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. got to watch this video, Ricky. You would be, and, this kid, he's flying. His hands will stand fast. I love watching street drummers. It's amazing what they can do, especially the guys who just play with like buckets and pans and they're just like, yes. they're ripping it harder than some drummers who are playing in arenas on, you know, exactly. $20,000 kits. It's wild. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, I found both of those items very interesting that you did. <laughs> do those before everything. And yep. then from there, like the story that you were talking about young black activists and, mm -hmm. and protesters, mm -hmm. that was, is that, is there a library of material out there? Is this just stuff I find through Facebook? Um, How would I find more? Yeah, right now. So we're kind of like creating more as we go. So part of, again, part of the challenge with Black and brown folks, I'm going to say black folks because I use intentional language and I mean black folks um, in this particular instance is that we've done, we do a lot of work and sometimes forget about like the archiving piece and like documenting and all this kind of stuff. Um, but folks like the Worcester Black History Project are popping up to try and make sure that we're doing better in that arena. Um, but we've been doing so, so, so much work over the years and a couple recordings here and there, but nothing grand. So we're actually working on trying to make sure that... Um, some of the stuff that we've researched and created is is accessible to folks. Um, so maybe continuing to upload some more and hopefully we'll be building a library through time. So I personally can see you guys having a podcast for our story and capturing a lot of the stuff that you've you've put together already, all that effort. Mm -hmm. And I, as just a fan, would love listening and <laughs> learning and getting to enjoy listening to you and Parley talk. Yeah. I think once. The village got like maybe one more year until I feel confident that it's like on solid ground and sustainable and feeling good. And then maybe I can like shift some of that attention 
I was going to say, like you have so much going on, and we're like, you know what you should do? Add more to that. Let's do a podcast. You're going to do this? Well, that's the people that always, oh, a good job rewards more work, and that's always been the case. And we're not shy to, like, it's not about ego for us. It's about really sharing the work. Like, we had a magnetic poetry event at the Village um, for in honor of poetry, National Poetry Month, a couple of weeks ago, and we had... 20 poets get up and share their stuff, mainly black and brown poets. Um, And we want to keep doing it, but it doesn't have to be me. Like, if anybody wants to come on and step up and do this, if someone feels passionate about this, there's plenty, many hands make light work and there's plenty of work to do. So we're we're ready and willing to pass off whatever with love and guidance if necessary um, to anyone who feels like they want to have a stake in this work. So that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the podcast is on the list. It could be on the list. It's all good. I'm sure. I'm sure, like everything else. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. ever-growing ever list. It's very, very long, but I take two or three things a week and try and work on them so I don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> I respect that. Yes. <laughs> and today's uh, today's a big day for your organization, correct? It is a pretty big day for our organization, which we were joking before. I didn't realize it was, and you didn't realize it was. And now, we're no, here. I lucked <laughs> out. I checked Facebook and saw it. Yes. Um, so the village is actually celebrating its one year anniversary of opening our doors, um, which is really exciting. We started this journey in September 2020, and it wasn't until May 2nd, 2021, that we were able to like open our doors and welcome community in, and we were ready to start still with a long uphill way to go but it's been a year and we've we've building the plane and flying it we didn't crash yet we're still kind of doing okay the lights are on we're making magic so um it's it's something to celebrate and hopefully we'll be around for another two three five ten twenty years and decades definitely yeah definitely. i uh congratulations it's like it's it's huge that's an accomplishment the first three years of any business or any undertaking is the hardest. That's what Definitely. everybody would say. So yep. you have Especially one year under your belt. With you guys starting during COVID. Like that's right? a that's a wild time to do anything. It we have some stories. I won't put them out there just yet, but the that seven month period when we started and you know, from when we started and, and when we were able to open was was definitely a ride and a half. <laughs> so See, this is all Especially, good stuff for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Especially yeah. with you guys starting such a like, uh, like, I mean, the the number one thing that we haven't really been able to do is like interact and kind of gather as a community. So to start something that's like solely focused on bringing people together at a time yeah. when you can't, and the fact that you did it, have been successful, and it's still going. That's just incredible. Yeah. And again, we named our one year anniversary. We was partying a little bit yesterday um, at the village, but our one year anniversary event was called It's Taken a Village because it truly has taken a village. And I know my mom and I have really been spearheading this, but we have the support of so, 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 so many people in the community. Um, and a couple of folks from yeah. who actually like saw the transition through and decided to you know, they're still sticking around with us, um, which is really special for us. And, you know, it's been a community effort. So we're really grateful. Yeah, it takes people to pull off any type of endeavor. But oh, yeah, I don't know. A year is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> other thing I wanted to circle back about, uh, mm-hmm. you had brought up the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And I realized today that as I was writing my show notes, mm-hmm. that's the first time I heard you speak. 
the first time I heard you speak was at the protest following the, the murders. And mm -hmm. you said something that has stuck with me since that day. And I, to be honest, I didn't remember it was you until today. <laughs> but you said something, I'm going to paraphrase slightly, but we that's built fine. this city. And if we want to burn a portion of it, that's our business. Mm -hmm. And if I could show you goosebumps that it still gives me right at this moment, like, mm -hmm. what was that like to speak at a moment like that? Let's start there. Yeah. If you don't mind touching on it, I don't. I don't know yeah, if this yeah, is definitely. It's um, Please. it's definitely. So I am. I'm from Worcester. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. That's where I was born. But I mainly grew up in Worcester. Um, and I had the privilege of watching many people of color, mainly Black women, um, like put things on the line in order to advance our communities. Um, I grew up watching. You know, again. Mosaic Multicultural Complex, the Henry Lee Willis Center, a number of different things. Like when Trayvon Martin happened, I was able to watch what organizing looked like and to see how the city responded to things, see how folks were um, losing jobs and losing opportunities. You know, it, it, it's not a, a low stakes game to, to get involved in that kind of work as Black folks and definitely as Black women, Black queer and trans people, the more marginalized identities that you have. Um, so I had the privilege of being in Worcester for Trayvon Martin in 2012 and then Mike Brown in 2015. And here we are, 2020, um, for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, Elijah McClain, Nina Pop. There's Tony McDade. There's so, so, so many um, at that time. But I think it was, um, I was honored that community loves and trusts me and my work and my integrity enough to offer me that platform to speak um, in that way and grateful that my community has my back. Um, Cause I, I got some flack after June 1st, I did um, from, from folks in Worcester and a couple of other cities. So again, just um, interesting. grateful that I had the love of my community and close friends and family and ancestors and all that good stuff to um, even knowing that all that could be a, a possible outcome, still be brave enough to do what needed to be done in that moment and continue to be brave enough to do what needs to be done in these moments, even when things aren't hot like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a ride for sure. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but have, have, you, have you ever spoken in front of a group of people that large before? Um, that's a really good question. I, don't think so. I don't that's, think so. That's wild. <laughs> like to be able to do that with, I mean, possibly no experience prior <laughs> to and having it being such a like, like it, ha it held so much weight and you just commanded that entire. Yeah. That's I mean, the way I describe it. Was, it. <laughs> yeah. It was, you wow. commanded the common. Yeah. 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 That was, that was an experience. I don't think I've, again, I've just been in go mode. I don't, I'm, grateful for the opportunity to reflect a little bit because I think I never, we just kept, had to keep going. <laughs> like yeah, the work yeah. keeps going. So I didn't have the opportunity to kind of think back and reflect. And I might be doing that this week. <laughs> Thanks to y'all. So cool. that's great. Well, yeah. so like we had Woodrow Adams Jr. on mm -hmm. soon after that same day. And I think we talked about it even then where he was bringing up some of like the other people yeah. and just to, I don't know, that to me, that was a time where I feel like I was most proud to be part of a Worcester community, like mm -hmm. to see the people that were out there supporting mm -hmm. this and like to see how many people were there. 
yeah. at a time when congregating was not the smartest thing mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. I, I was masked up and I had gloves on and I like, <laughs> yeah, but it was too important not to. Definitely. Definitely. And I hope the folks who woke up during that moment are still on their journey to, um, you know, it's a never ending game for all of us, myself included. I still have a lot of privilege and I have to work on being, um, you know, an active, active upstanding person um, from many communities. So the work never ends, but a lot of folks woke up because they couldn't fathom that anti-Black racism and police violence would still prevail in the middle of a global pandemic where we're all supposed to be home and, and it keeps being different for certain folks. So yeah. wishing folks continued consciousness and awareness and all that good stuff. And continuing to amplify Black voices and continuing to mm -hmm. share stories and experience cultures and to have these conversations and to learn. Mm -hmm. Go out into your communities and learn about the people that you share it with because there are some fascinating people out there that you are going to be, I don't know, I, I get so stoked about meeting somebody every week and I get to learn about somebody new every week and it just <laughs> excites me and it gets me I don't know, jazzercise is really the best way I can describe it. That might be trademarked. You better be careful. No. <laughs> Come at me, jazzercisers. Right. I don't, think, I don't think jazzercise is still a company, are they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. How can people like Ricky and I, how can the general community be supporting the village and our story? Like, how can we help? Yeah. So I would say... I have to say that we have a whale watch coming up because my mom is finally off what she was doing and wants me to say it. She keeps yelling, whale watch, whale watch. So I have to say it. I know that just doesn't answer the question. Um, what is the whale watch? No, let's yeah, talk about so the whale watch. I'm sorry. No, nothing to apologize for. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's like, she. It's, I don't know if you've ever done being, been on a Zoom with your mom, but it's a, it's a <laughs> No, and there's no way my mom would ever know how to use a Zoom, so... <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Um, well, the whale watch is that in um, September 2021, we had the privilege of being able to get away um, and go to the Cape Ann Whale Watch, which is in Gloucester, Massachusetts. And the Cape Ann Whale Watch, you're guaranteed to see whales because they take you to where they, I guess there's like three or four breeding grounds or feeding grounds rather. Um, so you're like guaranteed whales and they know all about these whales and their names and whatever. And we got to see four whales a hundred dolphins on our ride, which was really dope. That's so and sick. my mom was in Massachusetts. There were dolphins. There was a hundred of them. It was insane. Everywhere I looked, there was just dolphins like hopping and doing their little thing. So it was really dope. Um, and we thought like, this is amazing. It was an amazing experience for us. And we also do a community beach trip to Salisbury beach community bus trip. So we have nice. people load on to a yellow school bus, nothing fancy. And we go to Salisbury beach and we've, often been told we've had people on our bus who haven't been to the beach in 30 years because they just can't get to the beach, which is something that folks who have that transportation, like myself, sometimes take for granted. Um, but we've had a number of people every single time we go say that they haven't been to the beach in so many years and so on and so forth. Um, and so we're like, if you can't get to the beach and that's like 45 minutes, an hour away, there's no way you're getting to the Cape Ann Whale Watch, <laughs> which is even further. But it was such a moving experience for our family to be able to see. It was just really dope. Um, so we bought out the boat. Hell yeah. Of course you we did. Have the whole yes. boat, and we're taking Worcester to the whale watch, which is going to be really dope. 
and we're going Friday, June 24th. Um, Friday, June 24th. Okay. Yes. I have a flyer and everything. I don't know if my mom posted it yet because she's like the boss of the whale watch on the low because she's a really, really <laughs> <laughs> um, So we'll see if it's up somewhere, but if not, it'll be up in time. Um, nice. But it's going to just be $25 for a seat. Typically, the Cape Ann Whale Watch is $50 just to get on the, the boat, and that doesn't include snacks and transportation and so on and so forth. So $25 gets you a seat to and you know on the bus to and from Gloucester, a seat on the boat. We're going to give you a snack bag. We have like a free raffle every time we go on a bus. We do, you know, all the magic. So $25 gets you a seat on the typically like a $100 trip. Yeah. <laughs> So my mom wants everyone to know about the whale watch. A hundred dollars in gas alone just to get That's so awesome. It's gonna be kind of cool. So putting it out there. Hope my mom's happy. Yeah. When you do when you do share it, make sure you tag sales or time or we'll be yeah. out there and we'll share it too. Because <laughs> that sounds cool as hell and extremely reasonable. Yeah, yeah, that's our big we're trying to make it as accessible as possible. Like we don't wanna Obviously, we're not trying to make money or something like that. We just want to make sure that, you know, the expense is covered. Um, so that's really all that we're looking for. So not Jenna. trying to get rich, just trying to get folks to the whales. <laughs> that's what all. I love that. Very, very simple. <laughs> so. so cool. Okay. Yeah. So people can support by buying a ticket to this whale watch. But that would be they can really also yes. check out on the Facebook, I imagine. Yeah, so our Facebook, we have a little Instagram. Um, we do have a mailing list if you felt like you wanted to be on our mailing list so you can see all the beautiful programs we have coming up and so on and so forth. Um, you can like message us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, but our supplies list is up there, which is always helpful. Um, our donation little link is up there as well. Um, and you know, the more folks who donate, that means we don't have to spend our time focusing on grants or other ways to supplement the work. We can kind of just like do what we need to do. Um, though grant money is of course appreciated and incredibly helpful. It takes a little bit of time and it takes time away from the work. Um, and we're actually getting ready to kickstart what we're calling our Mpatapo Reconciliation Group, which okay. is Mpatapo is an Adinkra symbol. And again, an Adinkra, so Sankofa is one of our favorite Adinkra symbols, and it's a bird whose body faces forward and his head faces backwards, meaning that you have to know your history and where you've been before you can move forward. So Adinkra symbols are these little symbols that are just a little image, but they cover so much. There's one with like a croc two crocodile heads and the stomachs are connected to say like, you know, what one crocodile eats is affecting the other and so on and so forth. Um, so Mpatapo is the name... Um, it means reconciliation and peace. And we're hoping to activate a group of allies to the village, folks who are not necessarily black folks, but who love what we're doing and wanna be involved and wanna support. Um, and so we're hoping to have quarterly events to activate, you know, to learn and engage with one another together. The first thing that we're gonna do is um, Lynn McKinney Lydic, who does an Abby Kelly Foster impersonation. And of course, Abby Kelly Foster is big in Worcester, um, is gonna be doing her Yours for Humanity play. And she likes to cover Abby Kelly Foster because Abby Kelly Foster was not very well liked among other women's rights and suffragettes um, folks because she believed that black folks also deserve the right to vote. And she believed that black folks and women's rights like should be incorporated together. And a lot of other white women at the time did not believe in that. So they didn't like her very much. Um, so we're gonna engage- I didn't know that. 
Abby Kelly, I, I told my mom, Abby Kelly Foster was slick with that mouth right quick. Like, yeah. She was, she was running that mouth. <laughs> yeah. I like when, I, I, when I worked at Worcester Wears, we did, um, I forget what we were doing, but I was like, I didn't know anything about Abby Kelly Foster mm-hmm. at all until, yeah. I don't know, two years ago. And I like knew the name, but I didn't really know like what she did. And I just remember like doing a bunch of research and be like, how are we not talking more about her? Like she's yes. awesome. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. So we'll be engaging our, our allies, folks who want to be a part of, of the work um, in that way. We'll have Surge present showing up for racial justice and other folks, um, you know, so that's one way that you can come and get involved and learn more um, in an event that's specifically tailored for, for our allied folks. But folks are always more than welcome to join any kind of programming that we're having at the village. If it's a space that's supposed to be safe for BIPOC folks or Black folks specifically, that'll be clearly denoted and hopefully appreciated and respected. But Long as you understand what's going on, you see the value in being in this space and you're being respectful, anybody is more than welcome in the space. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Shaysha, it's an absolute privilege to know you. Thank you so very much for coming on our show and sharing us some information. I look forward to joining you at events and coming to more markets. And I think I want to talk to Secret Lady Friend. Oh, real quick, are you guys a 501c3? We are 501c3, the villages, and our story is fiscally sponsored. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely check out both organizations. Go learn something. Go support these guys. Take your money and give it all to them because they're doing way better things than we're going to do with it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was such a blast. And I will definitely see you at a fish fry. Oh, sure. oh hell yeah the fish fry <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not a fish eater but you got me with jerk chicken like jerk Thank chicken you. i will come i will show up <laughs> the yogi thing? Jerk chicken is 10 bucks nice and easy oh, <laughs> more than reasonable <laughs> i want to try yoga but i just know i can't do it i tried you know, it once and it didn't work for me my brother is pretty um he's really good with like honor what you need and so on and so forth and i having been encouraging him to do some like chair yoga for folks who can't necessarily like get down on the ground and what we affectionately call like some, um, it's not the nice way to put it, but like auntie yoga for like, you know, <laughs> some of the plumper people of the world that need, you know, I, we ain't getting down like that. <laughs> so nice. there will be more, you know, want to make it again as accessible as possible for folks to get into these different things. So keep an Sweet. eye out. Yeah. I'm doing right it. at 3 PM. I'm doing auntie yes. yoga. Let's go. I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was really good at the Savasana pose, which oh. I think is just face down in a plank. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I was going to tell down. you what you did. <laughs> it sounded real complicated. You look like a yoga pro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a laying supine pro. I'm with that. Uh, awesome. We are going to take another quick short break. Shaija may or may not stick around. I don't know if she's busy, but we're going to talk about what's bubbling here in a bit. We'll be right back, guys. <laughs> 